thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Amen. Hey, it's great to see all of you today. Yeah, if you love Jesus, say I do. If you're glad you're here, say I am. Hey, uh, I loved the worship team this morning. Didn't they do a great job? I thought they were amazing. I do want to encourage you, uh, those of you that have uh, thought about uh, jumping on the worship team, um, but you think you have to bench press 400 pounds to be accepted to be on this team. It's not true. Um, I, did, I, did, I do feel like we have so many weightlifters up here. I was a little bit intimidated. Caleb's over here is like, build your church, build your church. Then you got the Groupman brothers back here. Anyway, so Josh, anyway, just want you to know, you can look like me and be on the worship team if you want to. So um, if any of you are uh, as insecure as I am. So, hey, um, Hey, uh, we're in this uh, series here on Nehemiah, and uh, we're going to continue that today. We're in uh, week four of that series on Nehemiah. But before we go there, you can open your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter six. Um, I have a uh, pretty exciting announcement today. Um, drum roll. Boom, 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 boom. Very excited about. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Listen, um, when we talk about this miracle building, let me just make sure that you're all aware of that, uh, why we call it a miracle. First of all, it's 84,000 square feet. It's at 135th in Quivira. So as we were doing research, that location at that size is incredible. Uh, and uh, we were able to buy it for $4.5 million, but it was... Um, it was appraised at 5.7 million, so that's a good start. And then it would cost 18 million to, to build it, all right? So uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, let's give God a shout out for that, that we did get that building, yeah. Um, and today uh, is the, uh, the final day of our 21 days of prayers. We've been praying about uh, giving today uh, towards renovation of the space as well as pledging over the next 24 months on asking God what he might invite us to do in order to uh, renovate the building. And let me take you on a journey. Um, here's the original plan. The original plan uh, was that we would be in this space um, that we uh, were unable to do uh, our, our church services um, and everything that we needed to do in that space until we had renovated it. And so we began with that idea, that plan. And um, over the course of these recent months, um, it's been a slower pace of getting into it than we expected. And so that was one surprise. And then we had a second surprise on December 3rd. This space was not available to us. And so we decided to do on-site Sunday, thinking that it would be very difficult, but to our sovereign surprise. Guys, it was phenomenal. And so it went extremely well. Um, and so now we have a better plan. Uh, on Wednesday night, uh, uh, the trustee board met together and the trustee board voted unanimously that we should move into that building as soon as possible, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So let me give a quick update uh, on what that looks like for us. Um, so you could basically think of it this way, that this, this space for us ha has been, uh, our original plan was that we were gonna um, uh, take today and then the next, whoever, who knows how long, um, to, to, to renovate that space 
and basically carry the cost of this rental as well as that building at the same time. But as you know, um, if you were to have two different houses, <laughs> that would be, if you had a rental house and uh, an, another house, that, that's challenging. And that's challenging for us as a church. Um, so this enables us to leave this space and just be in that one space. So there's a whole lot of financial benefits. Um, one of the, another benefit, uh, in addition to finance, it'll, it'll save us at, at a minimum of $37,000 a month, um, which is really big. Second, um, we have an incredible dream team. They've been setting up portably for seven years, everybody. Um, yeah, 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 let's give it up for them. Build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. Anyway, sorry. Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> Or the guys who do our LED wall look like they just walked out of a gym. Anyway, um, so, but, uh, but we'll be, able, imagine this, we're going to set it up, we're going to leave it up. Oh, hey-oh. <laughs> so, uh, so, so that'll be amazing. Plus, um, obviously, we'll be able to have our, our space throughout the week. Um, we, uh, on, on site Sunday, we did not set up our kids' space, but we will set up. We'll, we'll do Radiant Kids uh, even better. Actually, we will have permanent walls for Radiant Kids, even in the next few months whenever we move in. So that's not our final permanent walls, but that is nonetheless curtains instead of walls instead of curtains for your toddlers not to run away. And all of the Radiant Kids workers said amen, all right? And uh, see, there's some problems you don't even know about, uh, but, uh, but we know about. And so anyway, uh, very exciting. Um, and so anyway, I want to just invite you. What that looks like is that we will, we will renovate at the speed of your generosity. So we're going to give today um, and over the next 24 months and every dollar that you pledge and give, we will use towards renovation. However, this enables us to right now not take out a second loan um, so that it can open up more finances for ministry. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. And so um, that it, now what it does mean is that you must get your, um, your inner Chip and Joanna gains on because this is going to be a fixer upper. All right. This is moving into our new house. Um, it does mean that it will not all be renovated uh, on day one. Uh, but hey, everybody, if you can do tater tots smell in a cafetorium, hey, we can do a gymnasium for a season, right? Can you do that? You okay with that? All right. Some of you are okay with that. Some of you are like, nah, I need five stars, baby. I'm a five star person. Uh, just raise your hand. It, are you with me? You're okay? You're okay. Okay, okay, good, 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 good. Okay, great, great, good. Um, good. Well, uh, I, I just want to thank you. I, I think that um, moving in sooner, uh, lower cost, and then renovating as we go. Um, and so one of the fun things is because 84,000 square feet um, will just be like the, like, like the Israelite children moving in the wilderness. Like, I don't know which gym we'll set up church in one week and then we'll be, you know, we'll renovate this space. And I, I'm not sure all that it's gonna look like, but it's, it's, it's really, really a big space. So um, we'll be able to just, you might walk a different way, different times and it's gonna be fun, you know, who knows? So we'll just take, uh, really, uh, we have three big spaces that we'll work on over time. We'll, we'll work on the lobby, um, we'll work on uh, our kids' space and then we'll work on the main auditorium as well. So um, I'm, I do love uh, fixing up our kids' space uh, really nice. And so we're going to work on uh, doing all that as we go. All right. Does that sound good, everybody? Okay. Yeah. So uh, our trustees, um, we have some trustees that will be down front, um, some that will be in this small room uh, right after the service and all the trustees uh, are paying attention. Uh, 
And so, <laughs> as well as anything you want to email, any questions, I'm going to do my best to send out um, emails, updates, and, and keep you uh, in, as, as informed as I can so that we can make this great. But I am so excited. Um, and so, uh, as you know, uh, we began in 2016 um, as a portable church. And uh, just to be able to have the... the the, the church that God used through you to buy were not far away, everybody. So thank you for your giving. Thank you for what uh, you've already done. And I'm excited um, that we'll, we'll build it as we go. So one of our trustees, um, Scott Gilroy, he said it this way. He goes, it's kind of like a young couple that... Um, gets married and buys a really nice apartment and they have all the amenities. They have the weight room, they have the pool. It's, it's just really nice and it's small. But then they move into the big fixer upper house and uh, you have to fix all the future kids' rooms, all the, all the, the, the yard, the fence. And so it's kind of like that. We're, we're, we're moving. There might not be the fancy Christmas tree, although there might. Gabby might work on that. You never know. Uh, it, it'll look a little bit different, um, but it's gonna be ours, everybody. It's gonna be ours. So that's the big one. All right. So, um, hey, if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Nehemiah chapter six. And uh, here's where we're at. We, we, we talked in week one uh, in this series called Building Radiant. We talked about building burdens. And so we talked about Nehemiah's burden um, to obey God and to, to step in this burden that he had to rebuild the wall and to go do it. And then we talked about building clarity. Last week, we talked about building resilience. Today, I want to talk about building faithfulness. So I actually want to read the first 15 verses of Nehemiah chapter six. Although today I'm going to start in verse 15 because I want you to see how it's God that does the work and what we're believing God for is that God's going to use our faithful work to accomplish the goal that he has for your life and for this church. And so that God is at work in your life and God is at work in our church and that we're going to be faithful. And we're working out building faithfulness. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15 says, So the wall was completed on the 25th day of the month Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard of it, all and all the nations surrounding us saw it, they lost their confidence, for they recognized that the work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Let me, let me put this... Uh, in the paraphrase that Eugene Peterson gives us in the message. It's just fun. Because he uses this word finished. And I like that word finished. The wall was finished. Say finished. finished. The wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul. It had taken 52 days. When all our enemies heard the news and all the surrounding nations saw it, our enemies totally lost their nerve. Here's the phrase. They knew that God was behind the work. Let's just dedicate this work season, this building season, this renovation season, Jesus building his church, his radiant church. Let's dedicate this and pray this. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are doing the work, that it is God at work, and that it's your broken people being faithful in the small portions that each of us have to accomplish the work that you're doing in our church and in your capital C church around the world. And Father, today we ask, Lord God, that you would help us to stay the course, to finish the work. I pray for people to find the strength to be faithful in monotony, faithful in service, faithful in giving, faithful in prayer, faithful in encouragement, faithful in disciple making, faithful, Lord God, in what you've called us to do. I pray, Lord God, that we would stay on the wall. I pray that we would finish what you have for us, that we would take even Nehemiah's example 
and that we would not become discouraged and quit, that we would not be deceived and quit, that we would not be discredited and quit, but I pray that we would be finishers. I pray that we would be faithful. We honor you and we love you. And Radiant Church said, amen. Amen. When Nehemiah got this burden, Genesis chapter two, verse 15, verse five, he said, send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. And this was the burden that Nehemiah had. Here in chapter six, verse 15 is the conclusion. It's where they finished. So Nehemiah had his part. You have a part. There is a part that God has called you to play. There is a role that you have. There is a work that God has called you to do. There is a good work that's your role in the kingdom of God that God has invited you to. You'll find a burden to do it. And then God gives you the strength to complete it. So even when we look not just at the people that helped to build or the people that were battling, we talked about that last week where they would, where they would battle and build at the same time in chapter four. But even when we look at this macro story, you have Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel rebuilds, is rebuilding the leader, rebuilding the temple. Ezra is rebuilding the community. And Nehemiah had a big role of leading the charge to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And all of us have a work that God has called us to do, to be faithful in the work. My invitation to you today and where I'm gonna invite you to go and to pray and ask God to renew your strength to accomplish at the end of this message today is that you would be faithful to finish the work that God has called you to do. That's the goal. That you would be faithful, that you would not step off. We're gonna use the metaphor of the wall in Jerusalem, that you would not step off the wall, that you would finish the work that God has for you. Actually, we find Jesus in John chapter 17. It's called the high priestly prayer. And Jesus is about to embrace the cross. And he says a phrase. He says, Father, I have finished the work that you called me to do. That's the phrase. Imagine that prayer coming out of your lips at an at end of a season, at an end of a day, at the end of a week, at the end of a year, at the end of a decade, at the end of your life. I have finished the work that you've called me to do. There's actually great joy and great delight in finishing the work that God has called you to do, in doing the work that God has called you to do rather than allowing any lie, any trick, any scheme, any plan of the enemy to get you to stop doing the good work that God has for you. So in Nehemiah chapter six, we actually see Nehemiah's enemies trying to get him to come down off the wall. So Nehemiah is up on the wall. He's doing a great work and he actually has enemies that are crying out to him, speaking to him, and they're trying to get him to stop building the wall. They're speaking to him and they're trying to get him to stop doing the work that he had the burden to do. God's given you a burden. There's a burden that you can't shake. There is a role that you play in the kingdom of God, helping to build the church that Jesus has started. You're not a big deal, but you are his deal. He's called you to something. And even if you're not celebrated by being applauded by all the people that you want. Even if it doesn't seem like uh, you have the kind of emotional enthusiasm about the work that, you, that you're called to do, when you are faithful in hiddenness, faithful and consistent, God uses his weak, broken people to accomplish his will, what he wants to do. 
And here's what I want you to see in Nehemiah 6. I want you to be able to identify with Nehemiah. And in the same way that Nehemiah's enemies are accusing him, are trying to get him to stop the work, the enemy is trying to get you to stop the work that he has on your life. So if you're able to say, here's the spiritual gifts that God has given me, here's the burden that God has given me, and I know when I do this thing, you could speak it, you can even think of it right now. Hey, I can't do everything, but I do this thing. This is the work. This is what God's called me to do. Just like the enemies were trying to get Nehemiah to step off the wall, your enemy, Satan, who prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, is trying to get you to just stop the work, to just, to just get on a different cause. And so look at Nehemiah chapter six. We're gonna read a lot of Bible here. This is New American Standard. So it's a little harder to read, but we're gonna actually go there today because I love some of the language in the NAS this week. Now, when it was reported to Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, and, and to the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall, that no breach remained in it, although at that time I had not set up the doors and the gates, then Sanballat and Geshem sent a message to me saying, come, let us meet together at Shepharim in the plain of Ono. Uh, but they were, play, work on that, oh no, but they were planning to harm me. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? They sent message to me four times in this manner. In other words, they kept coming after me. They kept trying. They, it, the, I didn't say no, I didn't say no to, the, to Ono once, I said it four times, four times in this manner, and I answered them in the same way. Here's the, here's the first note. Nehemiah gives no to distractions. This is a distraction. This is them coming after him, and they're bringing this message. They're coming after him. And in the same way, the enemy comes after you with distractions. And just like Nehemiah had to say no to distractions, I'm not coming down. I'm not getting off this wall. I have, I'm doing a good work, and I cannot come down. This is something that each of us as followers of Jesus today, living in the 21st century, Kansas City, one of the things that we will have to do to finish the work that God has called you to do is to learn to say no. I say no to distractions. Um, I see Jesus doing this in Mark chapter four. Jesus, he, he actually leaves the crowds behind. Isn't that interesting? Mark chapter four, verse 35, it says, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Here's Jesus. He actually, he actually leaves crowds to go be alone with his father. Let me say it this way. So Jesus leaves ministry to go be with his father. Jesus leaves good things to go be with father God. And in our culture, for you to accomplish the work that God has called you to do, it will require you saying no to distraction. Uh, I think in my culture, it's easy for uh, disciples in the 21st century to be discipled more by their phone than by Christ. I think it's easy for us. Why? Because the, the abundance of distraction on here. This is a portal to all news. This is, a, this is a portal to relationships. This is a portal to finance. This is a portal to entertainment. This is a portal to any kind of information. I can get in touch with friends that I knew 25 years ago. Anybody that I wanna get in touch with. It, I mean, it, 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 and so because of it, it's often our alarm clock. It's a, it, this is often a distraction that actually keeps us from the word of God, actually keeps us from the work that God has called us to do. It's quite possible that many of us are more discipled by our phones than by Jesus. And I wanna invite you to be willing to say no to the distraction 
And this is just one of them, but what are, what are, the, ways that the, what are the ways that the enemy tries to just distract you from your calling? To just distract you from accomplishing what God's called you to do. Actually, when we read like in Psalm 92, I love this phrase. It says, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name almost high. Proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. So imagine if you as a disciple went vertical in your relationship with God. Or like Daniel, who prayed three times a day. Meaning your relationship with God is what forms you more than the phone being what forms you. More than Twitter, more than news, more than the bank account, more than the sports, more than... No, God, you form me. I'm a radiant disciple of Jesus more than I'm a disciple of the culture. So because of that, I say no to distraction. I think it would be great for many of you in our 21 days of prayer that we'll go into in January. Wait, are we doing 21 days of prayer again? Yes, we are. Okay, great. Uh, I think one of the things that would be a great fast would be for 21 days, you say, I'm going to actually fast my phone. Oh, no. <laughs> you can feel that resistance in the room like a wave of shock, right? Anything that you could do to create more time to pray, to be more connected to God. And when you get connected to God, you get connected to this work that, he, that he's called you to do. So there are some good things that can become the distraction of the God things. When I was 16 um, and I was sitting at a Burger King with my dad and I was someone that was, I loved people. I loved activity. I liked doing stuff. I was massively bored in junior high. When I was in high school, I could suddenly drive. And so instead of going home and watching Family Feud and being bored to death, I suddenly could drive a, a Chevy Celebrity uh, and I had a job. I, was, I, I, I did everything in our school. I was the vice president of German club. I was working in our youth group. I was, I was, I was leading a small group in our youth group. I, I started preaching when I was in high school. I started driving across town. Actually, I, would, I actually went to other people's, other schools' performances. I went to other schools' football and basketball games. I had friends all over. The, I was just active, going, 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 going. And I was proud of it. And I thought that I would tell my dad, hey, listen to all that I'm doing. I'm no longer just sitting at home watching TV, right? I was sneaking to my parents' room. They had one of the TVs that was like, uh, where you turn it, like, that's old school, baby. Like, they didn't even have a remote. They, you turn it like that. And I was wasting time in junior high. But in high school, I suddenly filled up all my time with all of these good things. I was, I was, I was not a prodigal. I was, I was doing all these good things all over town. I was leading even like our little group. I went to a big high school and I was leading us down to the, um, it's called the Jesus House in Oklahoma City. And so we would feed the poor down there. I was very excited about that. I was leading a group called Bionic called Believe It or Not, I Care. I mean, I mean, I was in National Honor Society. I mean, I was, I was Barnaby and Hello Dolly, what's up? You know, like, I, I was just go, 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 go. And I'll never forget the moment I'm eating a 99 cent Whopper uh, on Northwest Expressway in council with my dad. And he said, David, whoa, you no longer have time for good things. As a disciple of Jesus, you only have time for God things. What are the things that God has called you to do? The best thing that you could do is get the distractions out so that you can be full capacity for what Jesus has called you to do. Now, that was like revelatory for me at 16 with a whopper in my mouth. And now I'm bringing that to you. Like, what are the things? Because the enemy, if one of the ways that the enemy will try to take us out is just get you so distracted. Just get you, just, just, you're just involved in so many things. Uh, when, I, I, when I lived in, in uh, Colorado Springs and I was a youth pastor, 
had this incredible guy that came to our church and um, he invited my family over for dinner. And uh, we got to his house and he and his wife, it was incredible. Like it was amazing. Uh, it was, I think to this day, it's the nicest house I've ever seen. Um, not on TV or like, but actually been in. And uh, I, I took my kids to the pool in his house. There was an indoor pool with the logo of his company in the tile at the bottom of the pool. And I was I felt like little orphan Annie in daddy Warbucks. Like, <laughs> you know, like, wow, where are we now? And uh, in, in the next couple of weeks, he took me, uh, he invited me up to his office in an incredible office overlooking Colorado Springs. And he looked at me and he said, David, uh, hey, I think you're doing a, a, a good job as our youth pastor at our church. He said, but I'd like you to come work for me. And, uh, and he offered me a job. And um, I was like, indoor logo pool? <laughs> I mean, like, wow. And, uh, and, and there was a powerful moment in my own life where I look, looked back at this guy and I said, hey, thank you so much. Um, and this is an incredible company that you're running and you're doing a lot of godly things and it's amazing. But um, I've been called to a good work. I'm a youth pastor to those snot-nosed Christian church brats up, up the road and um, nothing's gonna pull me away from the work that God's called me to do. Here's what I wanna invite you to. Lock in. It's a good work. There's something that God's called you to do. There's, there's something that you're, you're to be faithful in that you can't be talked out of. And even a lot of good things. I mean, working with that guy would have been a, really, a lot of really good things. But what's the God thing? What's the thing that you know? This is, what, this, is, this is what God has called me to do. And here I see this in Nehemiah. He says, no to distractions. He says, I, I will not be distracted from the, I will be faithful. This is my role. I'm on this wall. I am not coming down. All right. Look at this. Verse five. He says no to deception. Look at this. Then Sanballat sent his servant uh, to me in the same manner a fifth time with an open letter in his hand. It, in it was written, it is reported among the nations. And Gashmu says that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. Therefore, you are rebuilding the wall. That's why you're going to rebel. And you are gonna be their king. So he says this to Nehemiah. Oh, and you're gonna be their king according to the reports. You have also appointed prophets to proclaim in Jerusalem concerning you. A king is in Judah. And now it will be reported to the king according to these reports. So come now, let us take counsel together. Then I sent a message to him saying, such things as you are saying have not been done, but you are inventing them in your own mind, right? Jokes right there. He wasn't right in the head, all right? But you're <laughs> inventing them in your own mind. He says this, for all of them were trying to frighten us, thinking they will become discouraged with the work and it will not be done. But now, oh God, strengthen my hands. So first they come to him and they try to distract him, just like the enemy will try to distract you. And now they're trying to deceive him. This is a lie. This is a straight up lie that they're trying to get Nehemiah to believe. Oh, you're trying to be king. Listen, this is, this is the one we all know the enemy does to us the most. The enemy will try to distract you, keep you from being faithful to finish the work he's called you to do. And the enemy will come and he'll lie to you. Just like Sanballat and Tobiah are gonna lie to Nehemiah. Just, and and, and this is, this, he's using like Jewish language and this, this sounds like a good, some good logic. And that's often the way it is with us. Often the way of the twisted lie is it's just wicked. It's got some familiar Christianese Bible language, but it is wrong. 
Actually, when the devil came to tempt Jesus in Matthew chapter four, he quoted scripture to Jesus, to which Jesus replies, it is written, it is written, it is written. So Jesus uses the word of God to fight back against the devil. You know my favorite term, A.W. Tozer. He says, I talk back to the devil. At Radiant, we're all committed to talking back to the devil. How do you talk back to the devil? You have the word of God alive in you enough that you can know the word of God, that when it's tw- something's twisted coming at you, you're able to speak back what the word of God says. And you know what the Bible says and you're clear. So here, Nehemiah, he speaks back truth. Nehemiah doesn't believe the lie. And then let's go on to this next one, verse 10. When I entered the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deleah, son of Mephetipal, who was confined at home. He said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you and they are coming to kill you at night. But I said, should a man like me flee? And could one such as I go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. And then I perceived that surely God had not sent them, but he, but he uttered his prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He was hired for this reason, that I might become frightened and act accordingly and sin so that they might have an evil report in order that they could reproach me. Remember, oh my God, Tobiah and Sanballat, according to these works of theirs, and also Nadiah, the prophetess, and the rest of the prophets who were trying to frighten me. So only the priests are allowed to go into the temple. And now here they say, let's make a plan for you to go into the temple. And they want to disqualify him. This is one of the ways that the enemy will try to get you to come down and not finish the work, is to break the law of God just to not have integrity, to, to, to not, be, uh, not be honorable, to disqualification. And you hear he keeps his integrity. Nehemiah sees it. He stays on the wall. He, finish, he's, he continues to finish this work. I love the way that Keith Green used to say this phrase, no compromise. No empty words, no white lies, no token prayers, Boom, no compromise. Uh, and, and I would like that to get deep into your heart. No compromise. So when nobody else is looking, no compromise. So though I could get away with this little white lie, no compromise. Though, so I'm by myself and uh, when, when I, I, I could do, I could sin in this way or, um, or when you're traveling or when you are um, reading a document or your taxes or here's what you want inside your heart so that nothing can disqualify you. I will walk in purity and godliness and righteousness. I will not break the law of God. I will not be disqualified. I will walk in integrity, no compromise. And then we get to this verse 15, and this is where, where we started. The wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul. It had taken 52 days. When all our enemies heard the news and all the surrounding nations saw it, our enemies totally lost their nerve. They knew that God was behind this work. When you think about your own life and you finishing the work of God that God's called you to do, even if it's at your funeral and you see something supernatural where somebody walked with God and finished a good work, people at your funeral will say, wow, God was with that person. That was a good work. At Radiant Church, as we go through season after season where all of us take our part on the wall, being faithful with what God has called us to do, they'll say, 
at the end of a year, even at December 31st, we'll do what we always do, like the year in review, right? You wonder, where did David get year in review? We did it in high school. Everything I do is what I did in high school, all right? All right? It's, it's a slideshow. We did it in high school. It's amazing, all right? So we'll do it, and we'll go, look at all that God did. Look at the people being baptized. Look at, the, look at the way that people gave their lives to Jesus. Look what God did at Bold Conference. Look at 21 days of prayer. Look at God building his church. This is Jesus building his church. What is it? It's God at work. So you would say, well, it's us at work. It's God at work through weak, broken people. Just got this little tiny role that you play on the wall. And God goes, I'll use my church. And I want to invite you to have locked in your heart. I'm going to finish the work that God has for me. I will not be distracted from the work that God, uh, the work that God has on my life. I am up on the wall and I'm doing a good work. I'm doing what Jesus has called me to do. So each one of us have a work. In fact, I would say that as a church, we have a work that God's called us to do and we're not gonna get distracted. We are gonna continue to say, Jesus, you want lost people to be rescued, the prodigals to come home. And every Sunday, every service, we have invited people to give their lives to Christ. Every single week without missing a week, even in a blizzard in the first year where Alexa led us in worship on a Sunday. That has happened at Radiant, right? Still gave, hey, if you would like to make Jesus Lord of your life, people rescued. We, we are focused and we're gonna make sure that people have the opportunity to be transformed by God as becoming disciples of Jesus, sitting not in a row, but in a circle and ask questions in, in small groups, helping people be formed into the image of Christ. That's, we will not be distracted from that. We won't be distracted from having a prayer meeting that is ablaze and alive. Don't you think it's amazing when I think about people being empowered by God? I think it's easy to do church in 21st century and just do attendance. But I love, Linda Ravenhill said that the Cinderella of the church is the prayer meeting. I, I believe that the Cinderella of this church is people gathering seeking God, praying. And don't you think it's amazing that the first room that we had in our new building, the only one, just the way it worked out, the only one that we had access to was the prayer chapel. So before we ever did service there, we spent months crying out to God in prayer. One of the things we always say at Radiant is that we're committed to pray first. And even the way that God made it work out is it's just, we're just praying. We'll always be helping people be empowered by the power of God stepping into their spiritual gift so that then the language we use is to be radiant, to serve, to make disciples, to preach, to evangelize, to give, to love, to be what God has called us to be, to actually be the hands and feet of Jesus. Or the way that Jesus says in Matthew 5, that they might see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. That there's something radiant about our lives that they go, what's with you? And so the enemy will constantly tell you, hey, come on down and try to distract you. Here's your response. I'm doing a good work. I cannot come down. Hey, deceive you. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a good work. I cannot come down. Honestly, try to disqualify you. No, no compromise. I'm doing a good work. I cannot come down. And every single one of us have work to do. And 
One of the lies of the enemy is to say, your work is too small. It's not, it's not applauded enough. It's not seen. It's not celebrated. You need to do a bigger work. Can I just invite you? Even if you take the role of Billy Graham on the wall, it's tiny compared to the work of Jesus Christ over a couple thousand years. Even pick your, pick the, mo, the you know, the, the Christian that you think is the greatest, you know, Carmen, Michael W. Smith, Steve Green, mom. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. Pick your person. All were just faithful to finish the work. Jesus prayer, John 17. I finished the work. So you're faithful. Mike, you're faithful. You're just, this is my work. I help people be fed on Saturdays. This is, this is the burden that I have. I'm not coming down. This is, the, this, this is my role on the wall. If all of us are faithful in our little, our little work, just a little work, just a little thing God's called us to do, I'll be faithful. Maria, faithful. Sing, play that piano. What's up? Mm. This is what I, David Jong, run that camera week after week. Faithful. Might not be celebrated by everybody, but I'm faithful. Jesus, you're building your church. I've got a role to play. I'm just faithful with the work. No lie of the enemy, no distraction of the enemy, no temptation of the enemy will cause me to get down off this wall. I will finish this work, this work that you have for me to do. And I wanna encourage you guys, God's called us to do a work. In addition to being a local church where we wanna see people come to know Jesus, where we wanna see people discipled, where we wanna see people walk in the power of God, I think there's, there's some other things that God's put on our church. I think we're called to help the hurting in Kansas City. In Kansas City, serve day. We just did that big offering. We're helping people who need housing. God has called us. We are gonna be a church that makes a difference in teenagers across America. Like that's just, that's, God's using his capital C church to do his work across the world. One of the things God's called us to do is we're gonna be faithful. And whether it's big or small, we're gonna be faithful. We're gonna be faithful to take the good news of the gospel to the darkest regions on the planet. I love a church in America where we've got all that we've got. We have Christian radio on Spotify. We got a million preachers on YouTube. We got Christian bumper stickers. We got preaching vegetables to our children. The abundance is incredible. And we will be a church that faithfully does the work of taking the gospel to people that have never heard. Unreached, plantate ethne, to people that have never heard. I love a teenager that's wrestling with all kinds of things and they've heard about Jesus their whole lives. But my heart breaks more for the teenager that's never heard, that's never once even gotten to hear. And so we might not be, we might not do it perfectly, but we're gonna faithfully work to take the good news of the gospel. Dory, I'm discipling high school girls. I'm doing a good work. I cannot come down. And I wanna encourage you parents. This is, 
just a bonus sermon within a sermon. I live in a culture that looks at parents and belittles the work that you're doing to do another, another Sunday of Advent with your kids, another prayer time to sit with them and coach soccer games. I live in a culture that tells you another dollar, another business trip, another adventure. And I just wanna encourage you parents that have decided to forgo some of those things in order to intentionally invest in your children. You're doing a good work. Don't come down. Don't let any distraction, deception, disqualification keep you from the work that Jesus has for your life. And I'm, my prayer is that all of us would do our part, that Jesus would build his radiant church and the good work that he has for us would continue. Will you bow your heads with me? Renata, if you wanna come join me. We're gonna take a moment. We'll invite our ushers to come forward. And we're gonna take the next three minutes. This is a holy moment for us as a church. Where we're gonna just, I wanna invite you. You've been in 21 days of prayer and we're believing God that he will provide again, as he always has. for this renovation. And again, we just wanna encourage you. This is, there's some of you that this is, you're elated for this moment. God's put something on your heart to give. Run with that. There's no pressure at this. This is, this is, this is not for, this is only for people that this is what you wanna do. This is what, this is, this is the burden that God's given you to pledge or to give today. But I wanna invite you just to take the next couple minutes. You can get out your pens and, Pledge cards, if you will. And we're gonna take three minutes. We're just gonna, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna, while I pray, I wanna invite you just to fill out those pledge cards. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask, Lord God, that you would continue the good work that you've started. You will be faithful to complete it. Have your way. Father, we thank you so much, God, for the gift of this new building. God, we thank you, Lord, for 84,000 square feet in such an amazing location. God, it's just uh, such a miracle. God, thank you. And Lord, as today, as we pray and we look to you as your sons and as your daughters, and we ask you, as we've been asking over the last few weeks, but what would you have me give? Lord, we just ask for your voice. Um, we ask, Lord, that you would make it clear to each one of us, God. And Lord, we just ask that we would be willing just to say yes, God. We say yes to you today, um, to whatever you say. No more and no less, Lord, just whatever you say. And God, we thank you just for um, your heart and what you want to do in this space, Lord. We thank you, God for um, just this, this place that we get to build um, walls and slide and all the, the amazing fun things for kids one day and painting the lobby and renovating the bathrooms and creating the worship space and God, just all that you wanna do, we thank you for the ministry that's gonna happen in this place and 
um, the hours that we're going to get to spend worshiping and crying out to you and people who are going to give their lives to you in this space and um, God, just the opportunity and what could happen, the ministry that could happen to people in our city. So God, we thank you. And today we look to you and we just say, would you speak to us and would you show us? And we say yes to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can just continue to fill those out. We'll wait just a couple more minutes. Let's just pray over this. Now, Jesus, thank you. What a joyous day. I thank you for these faithful, faithful people in this beautiful church. Thank you, Lord God, for your provision. We thank you for what you're gonna do in the months and years to come in this space, in Jesus' name, amen.